Welcome to Teaching in 10, a podcast from the Center for Excellence in Teaching and Learning at the University of Northern Iowa. Teaching in 10 provides a space for higher education faculty to share teaching strategies and stories about how we engage students and support student success and well-being in 10-minute episodes. I'm Dr. Sarah Montgomery, and today I'm delighted to welcome Dr. Bill Henniger to the podcast. Bill is an Associate Professor of Family Studies in the School of Applied Human Sciences and the College of Social and Behavioral Sciences at the University of Northern Iowa. He also serves as Associate Dean for the College of Social and Behavioral Sciences. Bill teaches courses such as professional practice, human identity and relationships, and research methods. He also hosts a podcast called Batch Adamia with a UNI colleague, Batchademia. Batchademia. Yep. Okay. That applies current research and dating to the Bachelor franchise. Thank you, Bill, for being on the podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you. So how do you engage students and support their success in your teaching? So first thing I should say is that my co-host is Dr. Daniel Dick McGew. Thank so, you. Yes. Yeah, so if she's listening right now. Shout out. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so what was the question? Sorry. Yeah. How do you engage students and support their success in your teaching? So I think one of the big things that I always try to remind myself is that students are going to come at from different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, so one size doesn't fit all. So uh, the first thing I would tell everybody is that you're just going to have to get to know your students um, and remember that they're coming with lots of different perspectives. So uh, my parents didn't really go to college. Um, and so I, at the time, so you're going to get to hear some stories Bring it uh, on. when I went to college, uh, I ended up at Iowa state. Um, I was dating a girl from high school. Her parents had went to college. They, you know, told her this is going to be the greatest thing of your life. You're going to love it. And my parents were kind of like, when are you going to eat lunch? Uh, so, <laughs> and then they put me into advising. Um, I very, you know, they're like, what classes do you want to take? And I was going to be a doctor and not like the type, like my grandma always tells people I'm the type of doctor that doesn't help people. Oh, um, I was going to be the type of doctor that helps people. <laughs> okay. So they put me in zoology and I was really excited because, you know, uh, I was like, I love pandas. I love sloths. Zoology is not the study of animals. It's the study of the human body. So I went in there for like the first couple days and uh, I was like, this is not for me. It's too much reading. Um, and I'm sure whoever that poor professor was when I came in and asked questions was just like, this guy's not cut out for it. So I was fairly successful, right? Yeah. I went on, I got my doctorate, but if they would have just written me off um, and that professor was very nice, they sat down with me. I asked him questions about the quiz. How do I, you know, get better? And instead of just telling me like, you're not cut out for college, she said, how much are you reading? And I said, well, I'm reading about, you know, 60%. She's like, wow, you got to see on the last quiz. You're overperforming, um, you know? Uh, and so she's like, you need to read the book. You need to do the notes. You need to study. Um, and so I really appreciated that. So that's the first thing. Um, I try to make things as applicable as possible. And I realize that that's a lot easier for me because I teach a lot about dating. And so worst <laughs> case scenario, we just swap breakup stories. Oh. Um, but I do try to apply things that students are into. Um, so 90 Day Fiance, it's a show on TLC. I teach a class about you know why people date, why they break up, why they fall in love. Uh, and I use that as an example. Um, a lot of times we will watch a season of it. Uh, in tandem with a class. So, you know, one day I will assign that. I will say, you know, watch it online or um, here's a code, you know, an access code to watch it. Um, And then we talk about what does this mean? uh, What we read in the book, how does this apply? So if you talk about 
reasons for breakups. And somebody says, you know, there's just no way that the two of us can be together. That's a destiny belief. Are we seeing this in the TV show? And then students say, yeah, we we are. Here's this. All here's that. Yep. Um, and then I guess the other thing that I try to, well, a couple other things, um, I always try to, if I get students talking, not stop them from talking. And so that can be really scary and you're shaking your head. So you run into this. Sometimes it is a train running down the tracks. Mm -hmm. But in my experience now of 15 years of teaching, when you stop people from talking, they're going to stop talking. Yeah. And that seems really easy to understand, but it took me a while to figure that out. So if I can redirect, if I can bring someone else in, um, that's much better than being like, we're off topic. Um, and then uh, the other thing is um, making sure that, um, you know, students I allow, you know, I, I find time for them to um, ask me questions um, and being accessible. So we have our three office hours, um, but I also have a Twitter handle. And so that's great. if students say something to me on Twitter, I try to make sure that I remember that they're engaging with the faculty member. And though it's not on my office hour time, this is important to them. And this is a chance. This may be very hard for them to engage with a faculty member. And so if I've got them to do it on that medium, then I'm going to find a way to continue that engagement and then try to transfer it to the class. So um, so what ways have students used the Twitter? Yeah. So the nice space. thing about Twitter is that it has GIFs or GIFs. I don't yeah. know how to pronounce it. Yeah. You can link to things. And so there will be times where I will have a student in class and I'll be like, and, and you've probably dealt with this. You know, you're looking there and you're like, that student's not here. They're on a <laughs> desert island they? staring <laughs> off into space. They're on Amazon. Um, and then oh. on Twitter, they'll be like, I was watching Love Island on Netflix and this happened. And it's an example of, um, you know, unrequited love. And I'll be like, oh, dang, they really were watching that. Oh my gosh. And so, uh, you know, saying, hey, that's great. You know, here's another example of that. But then in class making sure that I bring it up, you know, so-and-so, um, Brittany or Sarah or, uh, Brian, um, you know, they said they, they brought up this topic. How many of you are watching Love Island? And usually if one student is a bunch of hands shoot up and then it's like, do you think it is? And that's a good way to, um, get debates going. Um, so those are probably the big ones. And then I, I was a provost fellow for two years. And one of my roles there was, um, to work on the university care committee. Okay. And that looked at any student that had a, you know, mental health issue. Um, and it brought together the, uh, UR, um, so university residents, um, it brought together, uh, the Dean of students office. Um, and what I found is that students just have a lot going on and stuff that as a faculty, you have a very limited idea of looking at, um, and, what services do they need? Um, and also understanding that students don't understand sometimes all of those services. Um, and so you don't have to be the person that walks them step through step through those services. But I try very hard to make sure that I know where to send a student so they get the answer they need on that first shot. Um, yeah. cause if you're depressed, if you're depressed, if you have a medical issue, it gets really daunting if someone sends you somewhere and they're like, no, we can't help you with that. Um, so were there any tips that you would share with other faculty just from that experience? Because that seems like a really rich experience to draw upon, especially given some of the increased needs that we're seeing. 
Yeah, so a couple things. From the academic side, there is almost nothing at the university that can't be undone. And so when I was a new faculty, I was always worried about messing up. And what I found out is that students can drop a course. You can request something into your catalog. There's just a lot of ways to solve a problem. Okay. So what that should tell you as a faculty is you don't have to be paralyzed by fear, right? You can do a lot of things and you'll be able to fix it. You know, most people at UNI are very compassionate humans and they'll Mm -hmm. help you. Um, The other thing is that, like I said, students are going through a lot. Major um, stuff. And any amount of reaching out and helping them means a lot more than you will ever know. Um, And also, most people that are in those student services roles, so dean of students, uh, the department of residence, they don't get into that because they don't like students. You know, they get into that because their passion is to help students graduate. And so what you'll find is that they are really, really helpful. And a lot of times what you can do is just contact them. Um, So Allison Raffanello, Janelle Newman, the the two people in the associate dean's office that um, are associate dean or the dean of students and the associate dean, um, they're amazing and they will jump, they will take it from there. um, And so using those resources. Absolutely. I know that they have saved the day many a time with some of the students that I've supported too. So that was a very wide ranging uh, list of things, man. It was, you've got a lot to share. Well, we've still got a couple minutes left. Is there any other tips maybe um, that you've learned in some of your leadership roles or just as we've navigated a continued pandemic? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, one thing that uh, I have found is that students, and this is just my experience, students really like to, it's sometimes it's hard, especially I think this is an Iowa thing. Students are nice. They don't like to argue opinions. Mm Mm-hmm. Unless it is a hypothetical thing. Okay. Um, so one of the examples I use, and, and any of the colleagues that have worked with me know I always bring this up. So if you were going to create a dating app, what would be a better dating app? One that looked at all of your online purchase history and paired you with someone who had a similar purchase history, or one that looked at all of your online viewing content. So it looks at Netflix, Hulu, and then it matches you based on that. Okay. And I have rarely had students get into debates. I have had near screaming matches over that (gasps) because they're like, no, when you're older, you're just sitting on the couch (laughs) with your spouse. And I want to be like, okay, that's not true. But then I'm like, yeah, no, that's pretty true. That's what my (laughs) wife and I do. But then what we know from research is that how you spend money, how you manage money is one of the biggest predictors of dating success. So if you are somebody who's really tight with your money, you don't want somebody who's going on Amazon and buying, you know, just random stuff daily. Um, And so that's been one of the things I've found if I really want to engage students, um, I, I use something like that and, and I try to remind myself I have my my weekly schedule, right? And yeah. we were talking about this before we got here. Yeah. I try to set up a a schedule that students can find predictable. But I've never had a student complain to the dean, complain to the provost. I've never had a bad teaching eval. I've never had anyone on rate my professor, which yes, I had do look at my rate my professor <laughs> stuff sometimes. I got a chili pepper like I ten was years ask ago. You about chili peppers. I uh 
I think now with the COVID-19 I've put on and the graying hair, I don't get many more chili peppers. But I've never had a student say, and then one day he brought up this topic that we were interested in and it threw the whole schedule No, You know, they are mad about people being boring or dry or not compassionate. Well, it doesn't sound like any of that's going to be happening in your classes, especially with the connections you're making to all these various (laughs) shows and and the theory and the content in your classes. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing and sharing all these wonderful stories. Can I put in one more plug? Yes, please do. If anybody finds an interesting trash reality television show that I need to, you can get my email. Okay. On on the directory. Please keep me aware of those. You need to know of more. Yeah. At at Dr. Bill or at you and I FamServe uh, is my Twitter tag. I love all of them. I love to watch (laughs) them. Please send them to me. I'm learning so much. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Okay. So listeners, thank you for being with us today. Please subscribe and review us wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to tell your colleagues about the podcast. Until next time, thank you for joining us on Teaching in 10 from the Center for Excellence in Teaching and Learning at the University of Northern Iowa. (laughs) 